Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 22nd, 2016. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy to have you on the podcast here on a Thursday, game day Thursday. Hope everyone's kind of come down from the craziness and the high that was the Magic's win over the Miami Heat. Of course, you can get a complete recap of that on yesterday's episode by going into the archives, and you can do that on Audio Boom, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all the fun places that you can download this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast while you're there so you can get Locked On Magic on your podcast-enabled listening device every single day. And of course, be sure to check out all the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. I know on one, on an episode of Locked On Wizards earlier this week, Ben Standig got the great Hall of Famer David Aldridge on the show. I'm very much looking forward to listening to that. Now talking about uh, the NBA as well as the Wizards, so be sure to check that out. On today's episode, though, of Locked On Magic, we'll be discussing, uh, we'll be previewing, uh, we'll be discussing the offense a lot, but we will be previewing Thursday's game against the New York Knicks, the Orlando Magic in New York to finish off this two-game road trip before they come back home to take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, then we will talk a little bit about the offense, about the effect that Jody Meeks' return has had on the Magic since uh, since he came back, obviously, uh, and, and what his shooting has provided the Magic. And then we'll talk a little bit about what's changed with the offense uh, since it seems like two, three weeks now that the Magic have had one of the best offenses in the league, uh, scoring a ton of points all of a sudden after they could not hit the broad side of a barn. But the first place to start is obviously with Thursday's game, the Magic in New York to take on the New York Knicks at the world-famous Madison Square Garden. This is uh, obviously another big Eastern Conference battle for the Orlando Magic. It's still too early to look look at the standings and say, okay, this is the team we got to beat. But this is essentially another one of those teams that if the Magic do have playoff aspirations, if the Magic do want to stay in this playoff race, this is one of the teams the Magic might have to climb over. This is one of the teams the Magic are competing directly against. And so it is, as they say in soccer, a six-pointer in many ways. So this Knicks team... They, they made a lot of big moves in the offseason. They brought in a lot of new players, some some uh, new blood, some new veteran blood to try and just get over the hump. And obviously, Carmelo Anthony is healthy. That helps a lot. He's still an extremely dangerous player. Kristaps Porzingis is in his second year. He looks every bit the star that, that the Magic thought he was going to be when they tried to draft him in 2014 as opposed to 2015. Uh, and uh, he's continuing to grow and develop and is just a very difficult player to handle and maybe the Magic have a guy that can handle him and surge Ibaka but we'll see about that they all added Derek Rose who's been okay not great but still a dangerous player when he gets going added Joachim Noah hustle guy hasn't he's been slowed by injury too but he's still a guy you got to worry about and be alert for uh Courtney Lee Magic fans know Courtney Lee well uh, he's still doing a lot of the things that he did, uh, especially for Charlotte last year, where he just makes shots, fills gaps, plays defense, does does a lot of really, really good things for the Knicks. And, and they're a team that 
like the magic, the pieces don't quite fit together, but they have the star power to, you know, get away with it sometimes. And when they play well, when they get rolling offensively and they can get rolling offensively, they are really tough to beat. I think the, the real key to beating the Knicks is keeping them in, into a half-court game, making them work through the half-court. And yes, they still have some dangerous weapons in the half-court, but when you let them get out on the run, when you let them get the ball moving and into a flow, they're go- they can find shooters, and they've got shooters to attack. And that means you got to cut off penetration from Derrick Rose. you got to make Carmelo Anthony an ISO player. you got to keep Kristaps Porzingis, I think, on the perimeter. Make him a shooter. Don't let him get in the post. Uh, and don't let them get out on the break. They have good shooters that trail the play. Carmelo Anthony trails the play well. Porzingis trails the play well. Courtney Lee trails the, trails the play well. They can score a lot of points in a hurry, and that's exactly what the Los Angeles Lakers found out on Tuesday when they played the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Now, I watched that game, and, and and the Knicks don't particularly have a lot of depth. The Lakers really had control of that game until the third quarter when Carmelo Anthony started to take over, and that's just an advantage the Knicks kind of have, is they have a guy who can take over games and play at a superstar level, uh, and that really propels and benefits their offense significantly uh, when he's able to do that, when he's able to get into a rhythm, and that's why I think putting them into a half-court game is really the way to go. I don't know what I don't know what their pace is. Let me, let me try and take a look here uh, uh, on that. I, I do have it loaded up. Um, the Knicks statistically so far this season uh, are the Knicks statistically are playing at a pretty decent pace, 99.5. They're about middle of the road offensively with a 104.5 offensive rating. Like I said, they they certainly have the weapons. They just haven't been able to get them all kind of working in the same direction. Very similar to the Magic uh, again, but they have Carmelo Anthony, they have Kristaps Porzingis, uh, and their defense has been really really shoddy. And so this could end up being a shootout again with the way the Magic have been playing. You know, maybe Orlando's found that defensive energy, that defensive identity that they wanted uh, with their second half against Miami. Well, we'll see how that plays out. But the, this game, it's going to come down to making shots. It's going to come down to executing. It's going to come down to not turning the ball over, keeping it in, keeping it in a half-court game defensively. The Magic are much better defensively in a half-court game anyway. Uh, and securing rebounds and, and getting out on the break themselves, finding ways to score easy buckets themselves before Porzingis gets set before Noah gets set, because Noah's still not a bad defender. Porzingis is just a, um, a, you know, he's a unicorn. He can do a lot uh, that just seems impossible, frankly. Uh, So uh, this is definitely a team that the Magic should feel like they can compete with. Uh, I see no reason why they couldn't, why they couldn't go in there and win win the game. Um, But uh, um, I, I also don't see... Uh, you know, it's not going to be easy at all, and nothing's going to be easy for the Magic at this point. But uh, it, it the Magic got to be on their A game here too to to win this game. They they can't just sleepwalk walk into into New York because they have the weapons to really embarrass you if you're if you're not careful if you're not sharp. And so this will be a good test for the Magic. Nice little pre Christmas back to back, heading home to face the Lakers on Friday. Have a complete preview of that game uh, as well as a recap of the Magic Knicks game on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. 
Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. But what I do want to talk a little bit about today is, uh, you know, we've got a decent-sized sample size. It's been, what, two, three weeks since Jody Meeks returned to, to know what kind of effect Jody Meeks has had on the offense. And I think, you know, while the Magic's offense was struggling in the early part of the season when Jody Meeks was out, I think a lot of us kind of kind of dreamt or imagined, you know, maybe Jody Meeks can come in and fill that uncertain role at small forward, give the Magic a guy who can, who can uh, spread the floor a little bit, make some threes, make the defense at least respect the Magic's shooters, and that's... He hasn't come in and done that, essentially. He hasn't played that role. The Magic have, have put Jeff Green there, have put Aaron Gordon there. The Magic aren't going to start Jody Meeks at the three. That that, that was, frankly, a pipe dream and, and a silly one at that. But Meeks has done kind of what the Magic hoped he would do, and that's just make shots and and spread the floor and just be a threat to spread the floor because, frankly, his shooting numbers haven't been fantastic this year. Uh, he's averaging 7.5 points per game in, in, in his 11 games so far this year. He's shooting 39.4% from beyond the arc, which is very good, but only 35.8% overall. Meeks has this I, I has this tendency to uh, try and draw fouls when he drives. Uh, he takes some wild shots hoping to get contact and, and doesn't really get it. But when when he's had his big games shooting, shooting the three, and he's had his big games... Uh, where he just makes shots and the Magic find him, and that's exactly what they want him to do. That's exactly the role Meeks is there to do. He's there to make jumpers, make three-pointers, and be a threat on the three-point line that teams have to respect. Now, the Magic, with Meeks in the game, have played surprisingly very, very well. Or maybe not even surprisingly very, very well. Uh, Meeks on-off splits are pretty good, at least offensively. They're pretty good. Uh, in his 11 games so far this year, 192 minutes, the Magic have a 110.7 offensive rating with Jody Meeks on the floor. This was the exact effect the Magic wanted when they when they signed him. They wanted him to be there to make threes. He's got a 52.9% effective field goal percentage. Or the Magic have an effective a 52.9% effective field goal percentage when Meeks is on, on the floor. It's not that Meeks... Is shooting efficiently because he's not shooting that efficiently. Like I said, about forty-five percent effective field goal percentage. It's that the threat of him, and certainly he's made enough shots, even in in some of the games, to make defenses gravitate to him to to free up that space so that Alfred Payton can drive because he's often in the game with Alfred Payton so that uh, Aaron Gordon can drive so that they, there's room in the post. Things aren't congested, and the Magic offense could begin to flow and play better because there's that threat of the shooter. Things, of course, are not all, all good. Magic have a 111.8 defensive rating with Meeks on the floor, uh, but that certainly, uh, certainly part of that is uh, just the Magic's general downturn. I, I wouldn't, you know, you got to be a little bit careful when you're using on-off stats like this. Um, it is a reflection of something, but not always the cause of something. So, you know, maybe Jody Meeks isn't the cause for that, although I think there's some pretty strong evidence that that there is, uh, like Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton have, have the next two highest uh, offensive ratings, on-court on offensive ratings on the team. But but Meeks is essentially doing, again, exactly what the Magic asked of him. They brought him in to make shots, spread the floor, and make the offense better. And that's what he's doing. Now, do you want him starting? No. You, you don't want him starting. You don't want him playing any probably much more minutes than, than what he's playing right now. Uh, his efficiency is down uh, individually. 
Uh, his defense isn't a whole lot to write home about. Like I said, he has this 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 weird habit of trying to draw fouls uh, a little bit too much, perhaps instead of keeping the ball moving or, or just trying to take a shot. Um, he's gotten it a few times, but not super often. Where you're like, okay, go do that thing where you go draw, where you drive and draw a foul, or you hit a floater, or or whatever. Uh, Meeks's strength is still being that stretch guy, being a shooter first, a shooter second, and a shooter third. And, and that's what the Magic need from him more than anything else. And and so, again, so far he's provided, provided it, and so far the offense has thrived because of it. Because this Magic offense has played significantly better in the last few weeks. There is no denying that the Magic offense is better. I mean, it didn't take much to be better. They were one of the worst offenses in the league looking at, you know, some pretty historically bad numbers uh, overall, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago. Since December 6th, the Magic have the 13th best offense in the league. I'll repeat that. Since December 6th, they have the 13th best offense in the league. 107 points per 100 sessions. Ironically, also, one of the worst, uh, the other worst defense offense in the league before then, the Dallas Mavericks are also 12th since then with 107.7. The Magic all of a sudden became this offensive juggernaut. And a lot of it had to do with, okay, now they're a little more familiar with each other. Now they've seen the ball go in the basket. I think, again, I think Meeks' presence had a positive effect, especially on the bench. They reconfigured the lineup some. Their starting lineup still isn't producing a lot of points, but Nikola Vucevic and Alfred Payton began feasting on uh, on second-unit defenses. Uh, the Magic started making shots. I think uh, Frank Vogel said players have begun to see their uh, percentages approach their career averages. Uh, some some players like Evan Fournier, like Nikola Vucevic, uh, were shooting career lows, and now they started to creep back up. Serge Ibaka is playing a little bit better, a little bit more comfortable in his role. I think even something as simple as kind of switching up how they used Aaron Gordon. I know I talked about that on a previous podcast, and it's a continue, continuing thing. I'm sure I'm going to have more to say about Aaron Gordon at the small forward before the season's out, before the year's out, um, the calendar year, not the season year. Uh, but everyone's gotten a little bit more comfortable with how they're used, how they're being used. There's been some adjustments offensively, uh, and the Magic have begun to find their rhythm. They've just found their rhythm. They're moving the ball around a lot better. Uh, that's that's something that, that Frank Vogel preaches very heavily. He has that, that coach speak that he likes uh, called trusting the pass. And I, I think that's self-explanatory. When, when the Magic play together, move the ball, get a lot of assists, they're a much better basketball team. I mean, this is a team that their most successful games come when they pass, when they get 30, you know, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30 assists in a game. This is not a team that's going to be be able to beat you in isolation. That's just not who they are. They don't have the personnel for it. And so they have to do pretty much what they've done for the last, I don't know, for the last three weeks now, and that's share the ball and move it and, and get it around the perimeter and and all those things. And, and you know, it, it's, it sounds so simple. It, it really does. Make shots, pass the ball, move the ball, uh, you know, but you know it, it it's obviously not as simple as that it's 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 clearly not it's about being in the right position sometimes it's about uh you know getting players in the right spots and and that's something i think frank vogel's done a better job of 
uh, as he's adjusted to this lineup. I mean, he said it uh, for for much of this season so far that he's still figuring out a lot about this team and figuring out the right combinations, the right lineups, the right groupings, the right pairings. Uh, and it's taken some time, maybe a little bit longer than it should have, perhaps, but it has taken a little bit of time to, to get done. And, and the Magic are starting to figure things out. Now, that does not mean the the blowout is not there. We saw that on Sunday against the Toronto Raptors. We saw that against the Boston Celtics at home. The Magic can still get their butts kicked in, their teeth destroyed, their teeth, their teeth kicked in, whatever cliche you want to use for for getting beat down. Uh, this team, when they do not pass the ball, when they when they stay stagnant, when they're not moving, when they're not getting out on transition, when they're not playing a little modicum of defense, are liable to get beat pretty bad. And that's something that's got to stop too. But as we saw earlier in the season when the Magic were struggling to score 90 points, when the Magic were really, really having some difficulty, um, you know, they you know, they, they have turned a little bit of a corner offensively. They're looking a lot better on the offensive end. It seems like they, whatever principles, whatever adjustments were made seem to have taken effect and have started to work. And, and so... Uh, I think that's good news, and I think that that the Magic offense is, you know, I, I don't think it can stay at this rate that that it's currently at, and it's an insane rate for this team. I don't think that that's going to last much. Like the defense isn't going to last as good as it was. Um, perhaps, I mean, personally, I think the defense will get better, uh, but again, it's it, it, they're 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 never as as players like to say, you're never as good as you seem, you're never as bad as you seem, and. Magic offense has been very good, and it's certainly a good sign for this team as they move forward. But it's not necessarily something that you can count on. Again, Vogel always says defense travels, and and I agree with that. Defense travels, and it's good to see the Magic offense play that way. I don't think we'll ever see them back at the depths, except for maybe a stray game or two where they forget how to play the way they need to play. But I don't think we'll ever see them back at the depths that they were before. And we've talked a little bit about adjusting the lineup, just finding ways to continue to optimize this offense. So that the bad times when the offense isn't working aren't as bad as they were earlier in the season, uh, and the team has a higher baseline, so to speak. And and I think those lineup changes have helped. I think Peyton and Vucevic coming off the bench have helped provide the balance that Vogel was looking for. It it, it hasn't been perfect. I think we are still looking for ways to continue to make the starting lineup better. Uh, defensively, things have to kind of come back under control, and I think the offense will suffer a little bit if the defense gets back to playing at a decent level again. Uh, and so the Magic are still still tweaking things, still figuring themselves out and still figuring things out. But the offense does seem to have come around, uh, and that is some very good news. That's going to do it for today's show. A little bit of a shorter episode today, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Not, not a lot to talk, not a whole lot to talk about. I think we hit the issues that we needed to hit today. Uh, just a reminder to go check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I did a I did a long kind of playbook piece looking at how the Magic close games. So I hope you enjoy that. Thanks to ThreeBall.io for the video on that. They uh, really amazing resources actually. Uh, if, if you if you're looking for for NBA, if you're looking for uh, some some Magic highlights and video uh, on there, really amazing database. But uh, did, 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 took a, took a look at some some sets that the Magic ran late in the game against the Miami Heat. 
as well as a few other late game sets and then kind of discover what the Magic are trying to do a lot when they're successful late in games and when they aren't successful late in games. Uh, of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as on Facebook by searching Locked on Magic. Give us a like there. We do appreciate the love and the likes. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Daily, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Audioboom, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, all the fun places that you can download podcasts. Uh, we're continuing to to evolve and make that process better as well. Uh, I think that's all the announcements I have for you today. Uh, you know, you know, sloppy joes for lunch, all that good, all that good jazz that you would get uh, to begin your day. Uh, on a magic take on the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden tonight at seven thirty, games on Fox Sports Florida or NBA League Pass, depending on how you watch it. Uh, and uh, of course, we'll have a complete recap of that game tomorrow, as well as a preview of Friday's game against the Los Angeles Lakers. For Locked On Magic and OrlandoMagicDaily.com, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Magic podcast. We will see you all tomorrow. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.